Alrighty. Hello, everyone, and thank you for coming tonight. First, a quick little recap of what we've been doing so far this summer. Um, unlike the normal school year, where, co where Cody goes through a book of the Bible and breaks it down chapter by chapter, verse by verse, we've been looking at topics and seeing what the Bible has to say on those specific ones. Beyond that, as Cody mentioned, my name is Richard. I am the college intern, and I've been blessed to get the opportunity to figure out if I'm gifted at uh, preaching. So I'm going to be preaching to you guys two times this summer, obviously tonight, and then towards the end of July as well. Uh, beyond just me, Cody has given the opportunity to another former member of this ministry, Jared Rasmussen. He is going to be preaching on evangelism next week, so have him in your prayers for that as well. So with that said, turn to Matthew 6 in your Bibles. Uh, we will be specifically looking at verses 25 to 34 today. Uh, and we will be discussing a very common issue among all adults around the world, especially in America, and around our age group even more so, anxiety. That's why this message is called Combating Anxiety. So recent studies and surveys have showed that in America, the average adult, or well, 40% of average adults suffer from anxiety within recent times. When you look at our age group, in particular, the 18 to 24 range, uh, those numbers, those numbers, check, check, okay, those numbers uh, go up drastically to the 50 to 60% range. So it's, so we know it affects a lot of us, great. Well, what is it? Well, if you were to look it up in, the, in say, a dictionary, you're going to get something along the lines of this. Anxiety is a feeling of nervousness or worry about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. I would bet some of you in this room have felt that even recently. Finals weren't that far or weren't that long ago. Uh, or you may even be in a time of transition from high school to college or college into the workforce. So I bet you know those feelings of worry or, uns or doubt uh, about uncertainty in your future. However, I don't like that definition that the internet may provide. The reason being is while we may not have a 100% positive idea of what the outcome holds, we know and follow a God who does. So I think a better definition for what anxiety is, is it is a feeling of nervousness or worry about the future due to a lack of trust in God and contentment in God and what he has promised. Now, some of you may be thinking right off the bat when I say that that sounds like an exaggeration. The thing is, is I don't think it truly is. Um, if you think about it, you would realize that in those times when we feel the most anxious, sometimes we also feel the most distant from God. So not only does logic prove that, but the, the passage here today proves it as well. Take a quick look at verse 30 with me. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? That last bit at the end describes what anxiety and really worry is. It is, it is a lack of faith in God, not an absence of it. Let me repeat that again with some more emphasis. It is a lack of faith in God not a complete absence of it. Obviously, because we're Christians, we have faith in God, but at times we can struggle to have as much as we ought to. 
Now, I also want to preface this by saying, I am calling everyone out in this room, myself included. None of us are perfect in our faith or trust and contentment in God. We all suffer it in different levels at different points in our life. There's only been one human in history who has perfectly trusted God, and that is Jesus Christ himself. So once again, we're all in this together. <clears throat> one other little caveat before I get right into the scripture and into things fully is that there's two types of anxiety, and I'm going to be focusing more on combating one style of it. So the first type is uh, explosive, and then the second type is slow burn. The explosive type kind of can come on just seemingly out of nowhere, stemmed on uh, by really nothing, and the feelings follow that. The other one is going to be the slow burn style of anxiety, the one that we're going to be focusing on. That and what we're focusing on uh, to combat is the lifestyle or pattern of not trusting in God that leads to anxiety and the constant and growing feeling of nervousness and worry because of that. So my hope for the rest of the message is that you can see that anxiety is a lack of faith in God and an ab not an absence of it, and that God does truly care for us and does desire us to rely on him in those times of lack of trust in him. All right, with that said, let me give you a little context for the scripture we're in. So Matthew 5 through 7 is the Sermon on the Mount. It is the uh, most detailed and longest uh, sermon we have from the ministry of Jesus. Uh, as well, it's widely considered the greatest sermon of all time, but that kind of makes sense. Jesus literally preached it. So uh, to preface this message specifically, if we look right above the passage that we're going to be in today, it's talking about laying up treasures in heaven. Effectively, Jesus here is telling us to not focus on the earthly kingdom and the things of this earth, but rather focus on the king and his kingdom rather than the world. So with that fresh on your mind, let's hop into the word. Starting in verse 25, the text says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall, we, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious <coughs> excuse me, for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So right off the bat, obviously we can see that the whole point of this passage is to not be anxious. But let's dive a little bit deeper and break it down into sections. So let's look at verses 25 through 27. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of life? The first word there in verse 25 is therefore. 
Effectively, you can think of this as saying because of. Jesus here is saying because of the truth that was laid out above, that life is about so much more than what we do here for the world, that we should not be anxious. This is just like what Cody preached on last week. We have a purpose here in our lives, and that is to honor and glorify God in everything that we do. And this is what verse 25 is telling us. Now, looking at verse 26, we see something a little bit different. This is an illustration. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Jesus here is saying a truth about creation. God put in put creation in order. We are above all of them. And God uh, cares about them. And because of the order of creation, he cares about us. And he cares about us even more than uh, the other creation. So while we still may have to work for our food, unlike the birds of the air, God still provides for us in different ways. Because once again, we are the only part of creation that are the bearers of his image. And he cares for us. God knows exactly what we need when we need it. Uh, and this is just as Matthew 6, 8 says. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. So hopefully, even already in the first two verses, you've already gained a little bit of understanding of how much God cares and loves for us. All right, let's continue on. Verse 27. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of your life? This verse doesn't really need a crazy amount of explanation, does it? Anyone who has felt the feeling of anxiety probably realizes this, myself included. When we dwell on an issue over and over and over again, the only thing that we're doing is we're feeding the fire, if you will. It only gets worse, our hope goes down, and our trust in God goes down. And when we do this, we are really doing nothing productive. We are wasting our time. As harsh as that may sound, it's true. So with that said, a question I have for you guys if I was to ask you guys to write down two to three ways, healthy and biblical ways, to combat anxiety, could you guys do it? Well, I would bet that the majority of you would either struggle to do that or maybe not even be able to do that at all. So, how do you fight anxiety biblically? Well, let's get into the first application point on how to fight anxiety. Don't dwell on the issue, dwell in the word of God. This ties right in with this set of verses. Verse 25 lays out the truth that our life is of so much more importance than we think. Verse 26 points us to the order of creation and that God cares for us. Verse 27 outright calls us out for wasting our time. <clears throat> All of these point us to seeking out scripture and the truth in scripture. And with verse 27 calling us out on wasting our time, any time we spend in the word of God is not a waste of time. So that is why we should go into it. One quick little tangent. I think all too often we can all be guilty of viewing our time in the Bible as a chore, as something we ought to do, as something we should do, rather than actually desiring to do it, actually seeking it out, actually finding comfort, peace, wisdom in it. A great scripture on how to change your mindset on this, which is what I recommend, is Psalm 19. Psalm 19, verses 7 through 10 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment 
of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Let this be the way you look at scripture. Truly desire it. Find comfort in it. Find wisdom that you can apply to your life in it. Now, this is not going to be something that is going to be easy or it'll come overnight for the vast majority of us. But I want to give you two practical ways on how to try and do this and work on this. One is to literally just pray and ask God. Ask God for a change of heart and how you view your time in Scripture. And then the second practical way is to realize what you are reading when you have your time in the Bible. This is not just some book. This is the authoritative and inspired word of God. It is you literally finding the revelation of God laid out, talking about you, talking about the world, and talking about God himself. <clears throat> if you have to, remind yourself of that and be intentional with reminding yourself of that every time you open up God's word. All right, with that little tangent done, let's hop back into the text. Look at verses 28 through 30, please. All right, and why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? All right, let's break down verses 28 and 29. So King Solomon, the son of David and the author of the Proverbs, uh, he's also the wealthiest man of all time. He could get the finest linens from across all the world. However, in doing so, he still could not adorn himself with the beauty and splendor that the lilies got and received from God, provided by God. So these two voices point to the next point and the next way of fighting anxiety, trust in God's provision. So sometimes in times of distress, we like to put on our tough face. We like to bury our feelings deep down. We like to rely on ourselves, and we like to run to the comforts that we are used to and can provide temporarily fixes for this. But I myself and many of the people in this room can probably vouch and say, when you do this and run to comforts that are not God, they are temporary, and if anything, they may even make you feel worse in the long run. So don't deal with it alone. God in his provision has given us community and fellowship to help us in times of doubt. Just like Cody preached on two weeks ago, and a quick little plug with that, if you are new here and you have not listened to those and you do want to, uh, you can see all the old past messages on the Coram Deo uh, College YouTube channel or the podcast as well. All right. So lean on God and the people he has placed in your life. And then also lean directly on God himself. God truly desires to hear our prayers, just as Psalm fifty fifteen says. And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. All right. Let's look back at verse 30. Here it is saying that God literally dresses foliage, flowers, grass, that one day is cut down and thrown to the fire. And the day before it is beautiful and full of splendor. 
So if that's the case, how much more will he dress us, his chosen people? How much more will he care for us and provide for us? Time and time again in God's word, we can see his provision for his people. Two examples of the old, old, in the Old Testament that come to mind is 1 Kings 17. God provided the need of water and food for Elijah. And then also in Exodus 16, providing manna for the people of Israel. So in both of those examples, God provided their needs in miraculous ways. God cares for us and he will provide faithfully. All right. Let's use that revelation to stir us on and develop a deeper faith and trust in God. And then now let's break down uh, the last bit of text, starting in verse 31, going all the way through 34. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Jesus here effectively tells us to not despair. Do not be hopeless about the curiosity or confusion that you're in right now about an imminent event coming up or whatever is causing your anxiety right now. Look, uh, let's now look at verse 32. For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. God cares for us and desires us to be in relationship with him. The part of this verse that sticks out to me is that he's, the text says that he is your Heavenly Father. He is the perfection of what a father should be. He knows what is best for us, and he desires what is best for us. He wants us to seek and to rely on him. So it brings us into our third point on how to uh, combat anxiety. Don't despair. Rest. This is a two-parter. The first part, rest in God. So in times of worry and doubt, get into the text. Recall what God has said in his word. Recall the truths of God. Meditate on these truths and let God work through his word and through the spirit that is inside of you to change the way you think about the future and the current feelings you have. Psalm, <coughs> Psalm 56.3 says, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. This is how we should respond in times of anxiety. But how can we trust someone if we don't really know him? So get into scripture. Learn more about God, his character, his love, his faithfulness, his kindness. And the more and more we learn about him, the more inclined we will be to go to him in the times of our greatest need because we will see that he does care for us, love us, is faithful to keep his promises for us. And then the other way is to meditate on one of those truths that you find. Meditate on a specific scripture. Set it aside, mull over it all day, and if you even have to, set set aside, sorry about that, a time within the day in which you literally step out of the world and just step away to be with God, thinking and applying one of God's truths to your life. So here's a few verses containing some truths that you can rest on. 1 Peter 5, 6-7 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. 
Psalm 55, 22, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. And one final one, Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 29, Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. <clears throat> this is just the start of what in study of scripture, you can find showing that God cares for you, loves you, and desires your prayers and your reliance on him in tough times. Oh, one more truth, the most important truth. God cares for us so much, he sent his son. Jesus came down from heaven, lived the life we could not, the perfect life that we could not, died the death that we deserved, bore the full wrath of God on the cross, and was victoriously risen for us. So let that truth and the other truths that you find within scripture be what you rest on in those times of anxiety. All right, the second point is since God knows our needs and our hearts, he also tells us don't despair, rest physically. There is something to be said about the importance of actual physical rest. If you're too tired to even open up your Bible to look for those truths, well, you're not gonna find them. Beyond that, when we are tired, our mind is foggy, our emotions are all out of whack, we're irritable, whatever, the whole gambit. God knows this, he made us this way. If we look back to Genesis 2 in the creation account, God made the world in six days and he rested on the seventh. I ask you, did God need to rest on the seventh day? No, he's God. He made that seventh day a day of rest. He made it for us, knowing that we needed rest. <clears throat> so next time you find yourself worried and tired, realize that God made rest for us. Rejoice in that and use it as a blessing to refresh yourself and focus on God. Another quick little plug on that. Uh, here in the middle to late part of July, <clears throat> We are going to be doing a live recording of the Center Committed Confident podcast, and we are going to be talking with a topic that goes hand in hand with rest, routine. Uh, if you don't have a good routine, it's going to be hard to get regular rest. All right, let's look at verse 33 now. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. If we are faithful to seek God and his kingdom, he is faithful to give us exactly what we need, when we need it, according to his will. So instead of, instead of focusing on the worries and needs that we face, we need to reflect. Some of us in this room may have all the head knowledge but lack the heart posture and struggle to grasp it. One way that I find that helps me at least transfer my head knowledge to my heart knowledge is to reflect on what God has already done in my life. Philippians 4.11 is another verse that touches on this. For I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. The important word in that is learned. Paul learned to be content by seeing what God has done in him, for him, and around him all throughout his life. And we should do the same. One great way to do this is to journal. If you don't already, create a prayer journal. Document your days. It can be a blessing to your future self, effectively. If you journal through hard times, you can look and see how God delivered you out of them. As well, say you 
say later on you get to another set of hard times, you can see where God has grown your spirituality and your faith, as well as see proof that he has delivered you and he can deliver you again. Another great way is found once again in community. It's effectively taking those same stories and realizations that you would get from journaling and allow them to be blessing and encouragement to your brothers and sisters around you. Tell of the times that God delivered you out of a very hard situation. The times when you struggled the most thinking about the future. Let your story and let God's work in you be encouragement to everyone. All right, now the last point on how to combat anxiety. Rely on God right now. Trust and lean him Lean on him today. Verse 34 of the passage uh, speaks on this. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. This is a call to be present in the present. God has something for you today. His <clears throat> plan for your life is not just unveiled in the future. It is unveiling itself right now. God calls us to walk faithfully today, to honor and glorify him today. In the future, that's something totally different. It will come. But beyond just that, realize this. Just as it says here, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Today has worries and tomorrow has its own set of worries. Deal with them one day at a time. Allow God to help you in your current need. I personally love Psalm 18 Psalm 18, when it comes to this idea, I'll share a small part of it, and you've probably heard it or uh, read it before. It says, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. So let God be your rock, your shield, your stronghold, and your refuge today. So hopefully through this message, you've gained a little bit more understanding that God does care for you. He loves you and that he will provide for you in your time of need and that we can cast our anxiety on him in, when we uh, do experience it. So try and apply some of these principles uh, to your life next time anxiety arises. All right, let's pray and ask God to apply these to our lives. Dear Heavenly Father, first I just want to thank you so much for your word, God. I want to thank you for the truths unveiled in your word. I want to thank you for, for just your word. I want to thank you for the cross. I want to thank you for Jesus, God. I want to thank you so much for just allowing us to just have time with you, God. Let us just let, let us just seek you as our place of refuge, as our rock in the, our greatest times of need. Help us to just dive into scripture and find it as a place of comfort, a place where we can just see more and more of you grow in us the desire to read it more and more. God, beyond that, I also just pray for this message. God, whatever was your word, I just pray that it can just have impact on the lives of all of us in this room, God. And I just pray that whatever is from me and not of your word, God, that it will just fall flat, God. I just thank you so, so much for everything that you do and everything you continue to do in us. God, do a great work like only you can. It is in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.